For what do I have if I don't have you, Jesus? What in this life could mean anymore? You are my rock. You are my glory. Hi, and welcome to The Rock Podcast. This week, guest speaker Pastor Alan Haley shares an encouraging message from the book of 2 Corinthians. In it, we learn how to face life's most difficult trials and have the vision to overcome them. Now, let's join Pastor Alan Haley in a message entitled, Never Give Up. All right, everybody. I want to welcome you back to your seats. And at this time, also, too, I want to introduce our speaker. You guys uh, probably remember him. He's been here before a couple of times. Uh, both Alan and his wife, Terry, do run the Ministry of uh, Matters of the Heart. Uh, they specialize in counseling and uh, speaking, and he's also a writer, too. Uh, and I just want, he's been in the ministry for over 25 years. Like I said, he spoke here several times, but I just want to introduce my friend, Alan Haley. I kind of messed with you too, didn't I? I took this thing away. I know. Well, you know, I was feeling pretty confident about tonight's message until I walked out in the lobby and my son was there and he said, you know what, Alan, or dad, you got a little piece of green right there in your tooth. <laughs> so, that's a great way to start a message, isn't it? Let me ask you a question this, as we get started here. Uh, I'm glad to be with you. This is the Wednesday night church, right? Yeah, yeah. lively group. I like this. So uh, I expect you to be lively as we go through this message. All right, lots of feedback, no throwing anything. All right, but just a lot of amens and go, yeah, yeah. All right. So let me ask you a question as we get started tonight. Do you ever get discouraged? Never. Do you ever in life just feel like giving up? Do you ever just face difficulties and circumstances and situations that, you know, feels like you're just not going to get through it? And it just goes on and on and on and on. The Bible says a lot about discouragement. The Bible says a lot about losing heart. And I don't think it would say that much about it unless that was a common theme among us humans. That this world is contrary to us and to the things of God, and we get discouraged. In fact, I was just reading in Psalm 42 earlier today, and the guy, it was talking about the despair he has and his bones are aching. You have to look at that psalm. And you have to get down to the bottom of it and you realize this guy wants to give up. Job wanted to give up. Elijah wanted to give up. Lots of Bible guys, people in history wanted to give up because life got so difficult. And I'll tell you what, when you're sitting on 101 stuck in traffic... You want to give up, don't you? Because it's just unbelievably hard. There is a new TV show out. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Somebody introduced it to me not too long ago. It's called Alone. 
Anybody seen that show? It's fairly new. You have to go see it now that I'm, I'm letting you know, okay? But alone is where they take 10 people and they drop them off in this island up in British Columbia at different places around the island. And then no, they're all by themselves and they've got a couple of cameras and they've got a few essentials to get by. And the objective is the person who can stay out there in the wild the longest wins $500,000. Who's signing up? <laughs> Who wants to sign up for that? Well, the interesting thing is, is I've been watching it the first season and um, just watching what these guys go through and, and these men and women go through as they're out there by themselves. They get all this external difficulty that comes at them, weather, they lose their, their lighting instrument, there's no food, they get cold, they get wet, uh, they're alone. So they got these external things that are just pounding them day after day, but internally, they've got all this internal you know, aloneness and emptiness and longing for their families and what that does to them. And and what ends up happening is a, a number of them, well, yeah, nine of them, <laughs> end up tapping out. And then there's one guy left, and he lasted 56 days out in the wilderness. But these other people tapped out because it got too hard. It got too hard. And the message tonight that we're going to talk about through, and, and look at some scripture tonight is let's not give up. My encouragement to you and the message tonight is never give up. Never, ever, 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 ever give up. Who said that? Huh? Jim Valvano, but you know who he took it from? Winston Churchill. But never, ever, ever give up. That's the, that's the, the, um, the title of the message tonight is never give up. And we're going to look at it. Never give up. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So if you got your Bible, if you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to just read three short verses. And then we're going to break it apart. We're going to look at it. We're going to analyze it. We're going to talk about it and see what we can glean from this passage. So I'm reading from the NIV. And here's what the NIV says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. The Living Translation says, Therefore, we do not give up. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That is a loaded three verses right there, guys. That's got a lot of truth in it. And I believe tonight, the more we grasp the truth in these three verses, the less discouraged. Not that we're not going to be discouraged at times, but we're going to have some tools to keep us from being so discouraged that we want to tap out of life. God doesn't want us to tap out of life. God wants to use you. He says a lot of, I really actually looked this up in the Bible and it says never give up and it says it about five different places. In doing good, never give up. In loving, never give up. In serving, never give up. 
in seeking the Lord, never give up. The message is don't be discouraged and never give up. Well, how do we do that in the midst of this onslaught of living up in, you know, Vancouver Island, up in the British Columbia, and all this stuff is hitting us day in and day out? I mean, you might be hit with relational difficulties today that feel like they'll never change and you're discouraged about it. There may be job situations that you're faced with or lack thereof and you can't find that job and you've been working at it for time and time. You might be dealing with financial issues that just go on and on and on and are just eating you away and you are discouraged. Or maybe your health Maybe your health is falling apart on you and you just want to throw it in. You want to tap out. You want to just, you, you look good on the outside and you smile when you come to church, but in, inwardly, you just want to tap out. You want to throw in the towel. Well, let's take a look at this verse and let's look at some of the elements in, in this verse and see if it might help tonight, okay? So here's how I've broken it down is never give up. Four things that we're going to look at tonight. Face the reality, focus on internal change, allow your troubles to shape you, and keep your eyes on the right things. Okay? Face the reality. Therefore, we do not lose heart, we never give up, though our outer man is decaying. The passage in the NIV says, wasting away. The term is on a downward spiral of rotting away and of ruin. Outwardly, that's what's happening, guys, and we need to face the reality, right? I turned 50 not too long ago. I'm very aware of outwardly, I am wasting away. I can't see very well anymore. My wife says I can't hear very well, <laughs> but I don't believe that. I always tell her it's her. You, you just speak up louder. All the wives are laughing. But I'm wasting away. My body's wasting away. I've had more surgeries. I've had a hip replacement. Yesterday, I twisted my knee, and I'm barely walking today. I am wasting away outwardly. Physically, I'm wasting away. Outwardly, I'm wasting away. That whole thing with the Britain pulling out of the, my 401k, wasting away right? Money is wasting away. You go out, you look around your house, and you go, wow, I just painted this two years ago, and it's wasting away. <laughs> Everything is wasting away. That's the way this world and this planet is designed, and unless we face that reality squarely, we don't have a chance. We don't have a chance against discouragement. We have to absorb that, accept that, embrace the fact that it's wasting away, that outwardly we are wasting away, and outwardly this world is wasting away. Again, I, I, some nuances of that word wasting away means perverted, corruption, twisted. And that's what our world is, isn't it? I mean, how many of you were appalled at the whole thought of transgender bathrooms? That, you know, that's just another thing. I mean, I wasn't shocked, but I just kind of went, okay. That is kind of a, where are we going with this? Where are we going with our world? What, 
Up is down, down is up, right is left, left is right. There's a lot of confusion, and that's because this world is wasting away. This world has what I call an expiration date on it. Ever, ever go to the grocery store, check the expiration dates on things? All right? You go into your refrigerator, you're looking forward to that nice taco meal tonight. Got those burritos, the tortillas in the back. You reach back there and you go, oh, April 2016. Okay? You got to let... It's... It, 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 it's just the nature of the world. It doesn't go, you don't stick tortillas in the back of the refrigerator and they get fresher as the time goes on. <laughs> right? They waste away. They fall apart. And the trouble is, is that we go, get so attached to things that waste away, don't we? Oh, I was attached to those tortillas the other night. I was, I was licking my lips a long time before I reached in there. And I was thinking about that. But we do that in so many different areas. Think about your life. Think about the things you focus in on. Think about the things you think about. Think, of, think about the things you're holding on to tight and the things that you're striving for and you're chasing after. And the question you have to ask yourself is, is this going to last or is this wasting away? Because mental, emotional, and spiritual health do not happen unless we face reality. My wife and I work with couples in matters of the heart, and we see all kinds of couples, and one of the first things that we have to do is we have to work with couples to face some realities about what's really going on. We could ignore it. We can deny. Denial's a big one. We can act like it's not happening, and we can keep moving on down the road. We can act like the bridge is not out, even though the signs say the bridge is out. Keep driving. Okay? But facing the reality of, this, of what this passage tells us is that our outer man is decaying. There is a de decay going on. And here's what other passages of Scripture have to say about this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's, that's a passage we could have a message on right, just right there, okay? But you see that? Where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in. That's all wasting away. That's, that's the reality of things here on earth. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is what? Passing away. Passing away. Also it's lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. I think we know this, but I think we lose track of this during the day, don't we? We get wrapped up. We read the newspapers. We talk to our friends. We get drawn away from the reality. And we, you know, because a high percentage of the world lives in kind of a fantasy, right? A lot of the world lives in a pretend kind of world. And 
I think what God is saying in this passage is do not be discouraged, never give up. And the first part of that is we got to face reality. That's a component of not being discouraged and not giving up. The second point that I want to talk about is focus on the internal change. That's what this passage says. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We never give up. Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Now that's encouraging because as bad as things look and as far down we're going and we're, we're, we're crumbling in our life, something's happening. We not, may not see it, but it's happening at an internal level. All right? That's what the Bible says. That don't look at, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by what's happening outwardly and what's happening in this world and what's happening in your life. Realize that inwardly something new is happening. Something new is happening. All right? We are all being renewed. And the word renewed means we're becoming more mature. We're growing. We're changing. We're, we're developing. And sometimes we don't even know it. But it's being made new. We're being transformed is what the Bible says. And so we've got to focus on, in on internal change. The funny thing is, is that most people, well, I'm not going to say most people, but there's a lot of people that when, we, when I talk to them, they say, that's just the way I am. I'll never change. That's the way I was made. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible is is saying to us that God is in the business of changing us. God is inside of us. When we accept Christ and the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, he's in the business of renewal, right? He's in there changing things and, and making us new and digging down into the deep parts of our heart. See, there's deep parts of our heart that are wounded. There are deep parts of our heart that are selfish. There are deep parts of our heart that are affecting our behaviors, which are impacting how discouraged we're getting in life. We wonder why nobody's around us. Why nobody wants to hang out with us. Why when, we, when we're dealing with some, why, do I, why does that person always walk away? Why, why do I stick my foot in my mouth? There's stuff going on in underneath that God is at work at and we've got to cooperate. We've got to get in the business of looking and focusing in on the internal world and, and helping and assisting and embracing that internal change. All right? God is the one redoing us. In Philippians 1.6, it says this, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So he's committed to it. Are we committed to it? Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He is in there developing fruit. He's in there changing, and I love this passage where it says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, and when I became mature, I put away childish things. See, we got these, these parts of us, and we deal my wife and I deal with this all the time with people, is that, you know, our childhood does impact us, guys. 
Our childhood has an impact on us because it, our hearts were affected when we were very vulnerable. We didn't, couldn't protect ourselves. And we, we, we were hurt. We, we came up with beliefs about life, about God, about people. And all those things that got developed early on in there, some of them good, but some of them need to be renewed. Some of them need to be matured. Some of them need to be handled and dealt with. And God is in the business of renewing us. And he says in this passage that our inner man is being renewed day by day. I like that. Day by day. God, every single day, is on us <laughs> to renew us. Every day, something is happening internally for us and the people around us. Are we aware of it? Day by day. Every day, daily, he's got something he's trying to teach us. Daily, he's trying to mold us and shape us and renew us and grow us up internally. And it's not only daily, but it's day by day. It kind of, one day builds on another day. That's why I like that, day by day. It's kind of like when you were in algebra or math class. Remember, you learn multiplication, then the next time you'll learn division, and then you learn different things until you built on all this stuff. And that's what God's doing, is he building all, all this into us. And we need to participate with him and cooperate with him. Here's what it says. Oops. Did I tell you I was a grandfather? Oh, yeah, I'm a grandfather. That's my grandson. Anyway. <laughs> I was putting some pictures in my slideshow, and that one came up. I couldn't resist, you guys. So anyway, um, Here's what Romans 12, 2 says along the same, same, uh, same idea of being uh, renewing and being transformed. And we know this passage. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Okay? Renewing of our mind. That's what transforms us. The renewing of our heart and our mind transforms us. And God is getting down in there and doing work. And we can trust that he's doing work. The thing that we got to do is quit resisting and quit denying and just saying, I'm okay. It's, everything's okay. We should get up every morning and say, Lord, today, what do you want to do new in my life? What do you want to do new in my heart? How do you want to transform me? Because I'm holding on to some stuff in this world and I'm discouraged and I'm beat up and I'm you know, fearful and anxious and, 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 and I, need, I need some help. And God says, I'm at, I'm at work. I'm at work. Memorial Day weekend, my family and I, we went down to um, the Oakland A's game. We happen to be Oakland A's fans. Sorry, all you Giants fans. By the way, who, who won between the Giants and the A's the last couple of games? Anyway, anyway, anyway. Sorry about that. I digress a little bit. But went down to the A's game, and lo and behold, it was the same day as the, the championship game for basketball, the same day, okay? So there's a lot of people down there. 
And I park my car in what we consider a safe place, go to the A's game, come back from the A's game, and my window's busted in. And my cell phone, which I, in my wisdom, left out, it was gone. The glove compartment was opened up. Wasn't anything in there. But I'm sitting there with a busted window. My cell phone's gone. It's Father's Day. We're at the A's game. And everybody's looking at me like, well, how you, how you feeling? <laughs> Expecting me just to lose it and just to ruin, you know, in a sense, be so bummed out and so discouraged to ruin the day. And to, lo and behold, to my surprise, I go, it's okay. We'll deal with it. It's okay. And I surprised myself. <laughs> I go, where did that come from? You ever done that? You ever been in a situation where you just feel like it should really tear you down and it really should, somebody pulls out on you right in the middle of, you know, as you're sitting there waiting, in, in, you know, and somebody cuts you right off and then they blame you and, yeah. right? We know that. But your response sometimes shocks you. Well, I, I contribute that to the way God is at work transforming us renewing us. And if we cooperate and participate with him, there's going to be this new responses. The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patient, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the renewal. Those are characteristics of renewal going on. And our job is just to focus in on eternal change and don't hinder God. Don't hinder God. Amen. Right? Yeah, accept it. Go along with it. Say whatever, Lord. And you know what he uses more than anything else to do that? Troubles. Troubles and difficulties. Okay? We don't like this. We don't like the fact that troubles or afflictions or difficulties or distresses or trials, that's all, that word troubles is all, has a, has a broad meaning to it. But this passage right here says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So the third point tonight is allow your troubles to shape you. Allow the troubles and the afflictions, get a different perspective on them. Get a different perspective on them. I know we all need to do that because don't we see troubles and difficulties and trials? And the word really means pressed, just pressed down. When we feel pressed down, don't we feel like something bad is, like, like this, is, this is not right. Something's wrong, right? And, and, and so we're trying to get out of it. We're trying to, you know, we're getting resentful and bitter because it keeps hitting us wave after wave of difficult things. And the Bible has a whole different take on it. Allow your troubles to shape you. Allow those difficulties to mold you and shape you. The way I look at it is it's like fire. Fire melts metal so that metal can be shaped, right? I also got a word picture that trials are like a rototiller. <laughs> you guys know a rototiller that chews up the ground. And the ground of our heart sometimes is hard pan, and it needs to be chewed up. And trials and troubles chew it up. 
and make it pliable so that good things can grow. And our, and our troubles, as it says in this passage, the perspective we have to have is our troubles are light and momentary. How many of you believe that? How many of you can say that with your troubles in life, that they're light and momentary? They don't feel light. They don't feel momentary. They feel long, and they feel hard, and they feel heavy. But they're light and momentary. Here's another translation. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. Okay? So the next time, like tonight when you drive home and you have troubles, <laughs> or tomorrow, because it's going to come, it's a natural part of this life. You know, back in Genesis, it said that man will toil the earth. And guess what will happen when he's toiling the earth? Weeds grow. I like that. Weeds grow. No matter what you and I put our hand to, weeds are going to grow. Have you ever thought of it that way? It's not an aberration. Troubles and weeds are not an aberration. They're not some crazy thing. It's not like... It says in 1 Peter, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. You ever seen that? It's not something strange. It's life on planet Earth. It's life in a fallen world. It's life where this is not our home and God doesn't want us to get comfortable here and God is transforming us. He's in the business of transforming us. He wants us, he's preparing us and he's using us to help other people move on. This, the scriptures in Corinthians say, this is a tent we're in. We're strangers and aliens here. I think if we could grasp this, and we could really remember this every single morning, then the things that discourage us would become less and less. We'd learn. We'd learn not to, to give up. We'd learn that these are momentary and light. This is just for a season. I don't know how long this season's gonna last, but it's just for a season, and it's not as heavy as I think it is, and sometimes you're gonna need other friends and Christians around you to hold you up, during those times, and to encourage you and let you know it's only momentary, it will pass, this is a season, but they're light and momentary, they're light and momentary, and those troubles are producing for us something miraculous. They're producing change. They're producing change that is eternal, that is that is full of glory and that far outweighs everything else. You see, this internal work that God's doing is, it, 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 it has substance. That's what outweighs. It means it has value. It has, it, it, when I'm, it was a couple of weeks ago, I think it was before Memorial Day weekend, we went to the American River for a family camping trip. And while we were there, um, my son-in-law went down to the river and he took his gold panning stuff and went down there to gold pan. And as he was gold panning, this, all this shiny stuff was in the pan. And it brought me back to when I was a 10-year-old little boy with my family going to the 
going to the American River and seeing all that shiny gold. You know what it is? It's fool's gold. It floats to the top. But as a little kid, I gathered it all up and I brought it back and I thought I was going to be a millionaire because I was fooled. I thought it had weight. I thought it had substance. I thought it was important. But the real gold outweighs it all. And we've got to remember that as the real gold in this life is storing up treasures in heaven, not treasures here on earth. The real gold is investing in our neighbor. The real gold is sitting with someone while they're hurting. The real gold is, is giving when you don't feel like giving. The real gold is different than what this world tells us the gold is. And it, it's an eternal gold that outweighs them all, and it's glory. Now, this is an interesting word, glory. It's eternal glory. In John 1, the Bible says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Other parts of scripture says, the sun has a glory, the moon has a glory, and the stars have a glory. So this word glory means that we see this rich character, unique character brilliance that God is developing in each one of us. And it's different for each one of us. And it's an eternal glory that will last and last and last. And so these afflictions and these troubles are achieving for us and producing for us an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs them all. You know, I, um, I was sitting out on my back deck about a, three weeks ago, and I heard this voice calling my name. And I thought it was my wife at first because it was a female voice, and then I realized it was my neighbor sticking her head through the fence, saying, Alan. <laughs> so I say, oh, just a minute, because, of course, I can't hear that well, so I, you know. So I had to go down, <laughs> I had to go down, I didn't tell her that, but I had to go down because I couldn't hear her very well. So I went down there. She tells me that our neighbor behind us, who we've lived there for 15 years, and he's a neat guy, and he's helped us, we've helped him. She says, I just want you to know, he's got pancreatic cancer, and he doesn't have but a couple of months. Floyd is his name. My jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it. Came up, told my wife, was troubled just churning about that, just the sadness of the whole thing. So a few days later, which was just a couple of days ago, we went over to his house, and we sat with him and his wife. And he had lost a lot of weight, and he was really struggling. You could tell he was in pain, and he was talking about the pain and the, and the, the trouble and the difficulty this physical affliction was, was, was causing him. But, you know, you could just see in his eyes that there was something being renewed in there, that there was something solid, that there was something that was eternal, that there was something that was full of glory coming out of him, even as he talked about his disease and the ravages of this disease. And there's no, there wasn't any cure. He's not doing, he can't do anything about it. And you know people like that. You know people who are going through afflictions and tough times, and yet they come out shining like people 
you're just amazed at the way they shine and the way they handle the situation and the way they, they learn from that situation. I want to be one of those people. I want the afflictions to shape me, to change me inside. And that's what this passage says. If we'll allow the troubles to shape us, we have a better chance of not being discouraged in this life. Okay? So that's the third thing. Allow your troubles to shape you. And the last point tonight that I want to touch on is keep your eyes on the right things. Keep your eyes on the right things. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, every day we have a choice how we're going to look at life. Every day we can choose what we focus in on, what we fix our eyes on. And part of discouragement, I think, is looking at the wrong things, looking at the things which are seen. And they're falling apart, and they're wasting away, and they're rotting away. And if we are chasing after them, and we're putting our hope in them, and our future in them, and they're falling apart, we're going to be discouraged. But this passage says, fix your eyes on the things that are not seen. Now, what are the things that are not seen? What are things that are not seen? That's a good statement, but let's break it down practically. What is not seen? Okay? What we have to do is we have to look at life with different eyes. We have to look behind the curtain, as I call it. Don't look at the, the actors on the stage, but look behind the curtain. Moses, it was said of Moses in Psalm 103, Moses knew the ways of God, the children of Israel, the deeds of God. Moses was in tune with what God was doing. So when we see the unseen world, we're looking behind the curtain and we're looking at this, for this movement of the Spirit of God. We're looking for the movement of the Spirit of God. And you know what? That's not so hard when you think about it because when we look out the window and we see the trees moving, what causes those trees to move? The wind. Right? Most times, unless somebody ran into the tree. Okay? But most of the time, or a bird flew in it, but most of the time it's wind. Do we see wind? We don't see wind. Do we see electricity? We don't see electricity, but we know they're real. And we trust them. And we trust what they do. And so we've got to look beyond what we see into the unseen. We have to look at, for the Spirit of God and His activity. We have to look into the heart of man. That's what's unseen. The other day, my wife and I are walking on a trail in Sebastopol. And I heard this biker coming up behind me. And he says, on your left. And as soon as he said, on my left, it was Zach, by the way. No. He, I, we ran into each other a couple of times. But he goes on and left, so I, I, I kind of, you know, you get that freeze uh, thing where, okay, which one's my left? Does that mean I'm on my left or he's on my left? So I kind of stumbled, and finally I moved away, and he zinged by me, and I said, and just jokingly, I said, yeah, I didn't understand which left. And he turned around, stopped his bike, and just berated me just chewed me out up and down. It wasn't Zach. <laughs> just want you to know that. But he just laid into me. And 
we stopped and we just stood there. And then he went on. And I'm just like kind of dumbfounded. And then finally I said, you know what? Actually, I think Terry said that. She said to me, you know what? I think there's something going on in his life. He's hurting. He's hurting. Right? That's looking beyond behind the curtain. That's taking a moment to look at every single situation in life. See, that guy could discourage me. I could be bummed for the rest of the day, right? Feeling what a jerk I am. I blew it. That's what he wanted me to feel. And the reality is, my wife reminded me, no, look beyond what is seen. For what is seen is temporal. What is unseen is eternal. And so I was able to have grace for this guy. I was able to look at his heart instead of his actions and the spirit of God. And, the, and, and here's a passage. I don't know what I did with my clicker now. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the right thing. Not only we look at the spirit of God, the heart of man, but we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Okay, this is what this passage in Hebrews 12 says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What's that last? Let's say it together. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Okay? This is going to help us overcome the difficulties and the trials and the, and the challenges and the stresses and the pressure of life if we can keep our eyes on Jesus, which means we keep our eyes on him as a... He was here on earth. He was a man. He was not just some religious figure. He was flesh and blood is what the Bible tells us. And he gave his life out of sacrifice and love and grace, and he died on a cross so that you and I could have, I mean, we got, that's what it means to fix your eyes on him. It's not just to look at a picture of him, you know, in some book. It means to contemplate. It means to really resonate and marinate, fixing, looking, absorbing the truth of Jesus and what his life meant and who he is and where he is right now. And you know, he is at the throne of God, at the right hand of God. And you know what he's doing? He's waiting for us. He's waiting in anticipation for when we arrive. You ever thought of that? You have family members that you come, oh, hey, you're home, yeah. I really believe Jesus is going to do that when we come home. He's going to say, Alan, you're here. I've been waiting for you. That's... And if I remember that and I fix my eyes on that aspect of it, what can this world dish out? What can this world dish out that's going to discourage me? I can, I can withstand almost anything in this world. So fixing our eyes on Jesus, and it's a daily choice that we have to do. It's a daily choice that you and I have to get good at. Because again, the world wants to pull our eyes and wants you to chase after other things. You got to pull over, you know, you, you, you got to be important. You got to, you know, now, nowadays, you got to have a viral video on YouTube to be important, okay? You got to have enough money. You got to, there's all these things that the world says if you really want 
some significance in this world, this is what you got to do. You got to have a, more money than the next guy next to you. You got to have a cabin in the woods. You got to have a greater, bigger car. All these things. Think about it, right? Isn't that what the world's saying, fix your eyes on? And if you fix your eyes on that, guess what? It's gonna, that's what you're going to see. Ever, ever, ever think about buying a new car? And all of a sudden, you're thinking about it, you kind of zero in on this new car, and guess what? New car shows up on everywhere you drive on the freeway. That car. You, I didn't realize there were so many of them out there. You start to see them because your attention and your focus and your fixation is on this new car. And you see them everywhere. Everybody's got them. Your friends got them. You didn't know that. You didn't realize that. But what we fix our eyes on is where we are drawn to and, and it influences us and impacts our life. And so God is saying, keep your eyes, the Bible is saying, keep your eyes on the right things. In this passage, earlier in this passage, and we're just about done, never give up. This is what Paul said earlier in the passage in 2 Corinthians. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being... What is this saying? Always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. That's what the afflictions and the troubles are doing. It's putting us to death so that God can come alive in us. We're being put to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal bodies. I'm going to wrap it up with this story. Memorial Day weekend, my son convinced me to go on a backpacking trip. And I say convince me. In the past, he wouldn't have had to convince me, but this time he had to because a year ago, I had hip replacement surgery. And so I've got a bionic hip. And it's been a year, a little over a year, and I talked to the doctor, and he said, yeah, that, I don't have any problem with it. He never really said yes or no, but he just said, I don't have any problem with it. So anyway, I go on this, I start, I, I you know, train a little bit, get myself ready, you know, and we go on this hike, this backpacking trip out of Hetch Hetchy in Yosemite. Ever been there? Beautiful place, beautiful place. And we're hiking, and, we're, and it's like a seven-and-a-half-mile hike back up and in. And about halfway up there, I'll tell you what, I was ready to give up. I just have never felt so much just exhaustion and so much like, I, in my mind, I thought my hip was all of a sudden just going to pop out. You know, I was afraid of that, you know, because we were stepping on these rocks and juking and everything else. But I kept going. They encouraged me. They said, take the time you need. It was, it was a great opportunity for me to slow down and just keep going. And I never gave up. And guess what? I got to see some sights that you don't see in the parking lot. You don't see in the parking lot. We were up on this, this area right here looking back down at the lake. Waterfalls, bridges, beauty. You know Yosemite. I'm not saying anything you don't know. But this particular plot of land, I would never have gotten to unless I had kept going and they had encouraged me to keep going. 
And I just want to say this, this evening that all of us, to all of us, keep going. Don't tap out. There's great things ahead. If not in this life, the life to come. You're going to see things from perspectives that you never saw before in your life. You're going to see new things in people. You're going to see things in your wife. You're going to see things at work. You're going to see things in your dwindling bank account that you've, that you've never seen before. And you're going to go, yeah, I like this. You're going to come back to your car with the car broken in and your phone gone. And you're going to say, that's okay. No big deal. It's just a phone. It's just a window. Right? And that's when we're free, guys. Right? That's when we're free. Free from discouragement. Free from giving up. Free from all the things that hold us down. That's the message tonight for all of us here. All right, let's pray. Father, your word is so sharp and so penetrating and so real and speaks truth and shines light in darkness. And I thank you for this passage that has worked into my life. And I pray that all of us here will just remember this all week long and for, from here on out, that when we get discouraged and we feel like tapping out and we feel like giving up because life just throws continual wave after wave at us and we are just struggling, that Lord will remember to face our reality that this life is not going to last, that we'll focus in on our internal change, that we'll allow those difficulties to change us, and most of all, we'll fix our eyes in the right place. Help us to do that as we go from here. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to The Rock Podcast. Our regular services are held on Wednesday nights at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at calvarytherock.org.